episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. I hope that your mood is slightly improved since the last time you had to watch the Saints concede a late equalizer. In stoppage time, I think that goal is unforgivable. I think that our defensive issues uh, are becoming more and more prevalent. We can't keep a clean sheet uh, and we can't score enough goals to make up for that. So uh, I definitely think that we have some issues that the squad needs to sort out. I also think that Puel needs to be given some time to fix and implement his ideas and improve and teach the players. I saw something on that Les Reed was talking about the lack of time that he's actually had on the training pitch due to con- the fixture congestion and, and this and that. But that, uh, you know, we're out of Europe at this point. January is busy for everybody. Uh, but we'll we'll see how this how this goes. And we'll see that as time goes on, we'll see if he brings in some players that understand his system and play his system and we'll see if his system kind of works out so uh, on today's show we're going to talk about the state of the club uh, we'll talk about those defensive issues and our lack of, uh, of goals scored uh, we'll look at some possible transfer targets and maybe what our biggest need in this transfer uh, window is we'll also talk about the uh, third round fa cup match against norwich uh, where we had the lead twice and conceded it through mistakes through things that we cannot do and expect to win games. Uh, we cannot leave men unmarked in the box, and you can't slide tackle people uh, from behind. We'll talk about those, and we'll look ahead to the League Cup semifinal. And uh, we'll do that with uh, Mr. Aiden Small of FreshSaints.com. Uh, so we hope you, that you enjoy the show. Uh, if you don't, give us some feedback, and we'll hope to improve it. And so without any further ado, let's let's get to the football. And uh, here is my conversation with Mr. Aiden Small. All right, and we'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, uh, Mr. Aiden Small. Uh, welcome. Hello, guys. You can find Aiden at Fresh Saints on Twitter and also at Mr. Aiden Small. And today we're just going to talk about the state of Southampton and we're going to look ahead to the uh, League Cup semifinal leg one and talk a little bit also about the uh, FA Cup third round draw against Norwich. So, uh, once again, thanks for thanks for being here. And uh, no problem. Looking, uh, can we start with the league form, or you want to you want to jump straight into the Norwich game? What, what would you prefer? Yeah, we can go with the league form first. Um, and yeah, basically, my overall thoughts so far is is that we've shown some really promising signs in the league. Um, and Puel, under under Puel so far, we've we've shown glimpses of what we've been able to do. Um, but obviously, at the moment, form just—it's—it's it's not there at the moment. Our finishing's been atrocious. Um, we're playing without real intensity in the side, uh, and there seems to be a real lack of, of belief in the team at the moment. The moment we go one goal down, um, it's looking really dangerous for us. Yeah, it seems to be that the, the heads kind of drop, and you can see the, the arms and the shoulders shrug, and all that, all that as as that goes on. Um, but kind of looking last year uh, at last year's table, we're in a slightly better position last year than than this time last year and uh yeah but we're not uh, we're not scoring very many goals mm. and that and that to me seems to be uh, a huge issue but also i'm you know 
growing more concerned with the amount of goals that we've conceded the past three games. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, even before when we were we were at least keeping the clean sheets and not scoring or or being defensively sound. Now now we're not scoring and we're also beginning to ship more goals as well. And that that's the worry. And I think when we look at last season, the comparison between Coman um, and where we were last year, um, I feel like the reason why there's more panic this year is because we haven't fully seen what Puel can bring. So at least when Coman last year, we were in the struggling form, we thought at least we know what he'd done the year before. And we went, at least we know what he was doing six months ago um, and how how the results can be that way. Whereas with Puel, we're yet to have a really, really great run. So I feel like lots of the fans are worried at the moment that we haven't been treated to that. Um, so so that's the initial worry. So I feel like that's that's really making the worry over Puel be increased so much as it, as it is. I know fans are, are probably unfamiliar with Puel in, in, in general. And then when he changed, came in and kind of made that change to the system, uh, do, you think, do you think that has anything to do with the, the number of goals that we are, mm. are, are conceding? Do you think that the, uh, the formation shift maybe is, is leaving us more open? Or what do, you, do you, what do you attribute? Yeah, I think, well, a new change in formation, a new change in system is always going to take time for players to get used to it. I think that's just the way it goes with, with any, any team. You want to change a system, it's going to take a while. And sometimes it just seems to click, click uh, for, for no odd reason. Sometimes players just do fit away. And this one clearly is needing more work. But I think everyone knew in the summer, losing your two top goal scorers and not bringing anyone else extra in was always going to damage us in the goals. And I think we may be... In the summer, I know lots of fans were screaming out for a new striker, but I don't think we... We maybe realised just how big of a loss that really was going to be. Losing the amount of games that I've watched this season, where I just think, if only that was Mane charging down the wing there with that just extra bit of pace. He just puts questions and doubts into defenders minds Absolutely. and especially with Pella as well two players you've got Mane lightning fast and Pella as strong as can be and yeah they can be frustrating and yeah they had their off days Pella could be dreadful sometimes and Mane even went on a, an awful goal goal drought over Christmas last year but nevertheless they have two outstanding qualities there about standing pace and outstanding strength and every now and again even in bad form that's going to, to turn the tide for you whereas at the moment Saints don't have someone in the front line of an outstanding uh in an outstanding area we've got jay rodriguez who's still returning from injury and well it's still on his recovery back from injury trying to get back to his old former self and he's got no standout ability anymore shane long the only time that he's ever used his only standout abilities is is chasing and his, his technical abilities is dropped so much in recent times and there's no direct outlet like that we could go to with Pella when form got bad you know what you can give to a player like Pella and you know what you're going to receive whereas at the moment we're really lacking that so you know for this January it's just we're screaming out for a, for a real goal scorer for someone of a real identifiable forward that we know how he can play and we can play to that strength I feel that's really what Southampton need uh it, it is it is frustrating to watch just chance after chance kind of be be wasted and uh yeah and us not be able to put anything away mm. now we've been linked with maybe a couple people and maybe linked is a strong strong word but um you know what what are your your thoughts on us actually bringing in uh a striker maybe uh daniel sturridge or gabby adini or i even saw on uh fresh saints somebody wrote about uh, yeah. jermaine defoe possibly coming yeah well, there's, there's a number of forwards that I would like to see come into the club. I know there was rumours of uh, Chicharito, uh, the old Manchester United forward. Apparently, he's been allowed to, to been told he can leave by Leverkusen for around £20 million. Um, and that would be one that would solve our issues. His, his finishing is absolutely tremendous. Um, 
Jermaine Defoe is one who I I like the idea of, I guess, but uh, I mean, lots of not delving into it too deep, but the whole non-penalty goals, uh, that's a big thing in, in stats. And he actually hasn't scored too many goals, forgetting about his penalties. Um, and his general play is a very old-fashioned forward. And I feel like we need someone who's technically able uh, able to pass the ball, keep it moving. I don't think Defoe would bring that in that sense. Um, so Sebastian Hall is another interesting one from the, the Eredivisie. Uh, tall, strong, young French uh, youth level forward. He's played at a number of levels of French uh, youth football. Um, he could be an interesting one because obviously he's a, he's a strong forward. So he's going to give us a, a particular style that we can we can go towards, something that we haven't got at the moment. Um, that would most certainly be interesting. I'm just looking forward to see what type of player Puel places his focus on. I want to know whether he wants a technical kind of forward or whether he wants someone bigger so he can take up a more direct um, attacking style. Besides the the lack of goals and stuff now that we're uh, kind of shipping it at the back, Fontan has handed in his transfer request as, as far as everything I read. Um, what do you think that means for, for us defensively? Uh, do you think the Yoshida-Van Dyke partnership is good enough to to see us out the rest of the Premier League, or do you think that we need to make a change? Um, for me, I think there's no way that we should allow Yoshida to start for the remainder of the Premier League. I do like him, and he's come and put in some great performances, but I think we would be stupid to do that, to not replace a player and someone of leadership like Fonte. If he was to leave this January, I think it would be absolutely crazy um, for us not to bring in a replacement. Uh, I'd quite like Mamadou Sacco of Liverpool, but apparently they've matched a uh, £20 million price tag on him and whether we would actually uh, break the bank and you know break our transfer record for Sacco, uh, I'm not sure. But I just don't want that to happen. The last thing I want is for us to be one more player down because we're lacking in, in quality at the moment. We need to keep those characters in the squad. Um, so obviously Van Dijk's going to stay here until the summer at least. Uh, but yeah, a new signing would most certainly have to be in. And in truth, I want the new signing in in January, regardless of what happens, even if Fonte does stay, because my big worry is losing both Fonte and Van Dijk in, in the summer in one window. And I mean, imagine having to try and replace your, your centre-back partnership in the same window, and they've got to learn together, and they're going to have a few weeks to learn it. Now, I'd rather get someone in this January who can get a good six, seven months at Southampton under his belt so he knows what the club is about and what his demands are as a footballer. I, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, I, since started watching the club, uh, yeah. started watching Yoshida and just go like, he's due for one big mistake every game. That's going to cost us mm. a goal. And it, and it, we can't really afford that at this point, especially when we're not scoring, uh, mm. like, like, you know, we, we wish we were. Um, so I think that kind of rounds, do you have anything else on, on the state of the club or do you think that kind of rounds it out? Yeah. I mean, the only other thing for any other hope for, for January maybe is to get a, a, a central midfielder who can bring real intensity to our play, someone who looks to drive the ball into the attacker's feet, someone who, who's quick on, on pressing the opposition, someone who can really raise the intensity of the rest of the midfield and the side up. Um, a player, what would have been a former Morgan Schneiderlin type of player, someone that when your side goes 1-0 down, he grabs the game by the scruff of the neck and says, all right, the opposition's not getting passed again and we're going to pin you back into your half and we're going to keep going forwards. A player like him, a player like Adresigwe from Everton, a particular player in that mould um, would be one I'd very much welcome this January. All right. Uh, do you do you foresee us going that route or do you, you kind of think we're going to stick with well, the... This is the thing. Um, I would like to think so. But with Puel, we've only really had the summer under him. Um, and I think trying to make predictions on what Puel's after is a really 
difficult thing at the moment. I don't know whether he wants to go down the more tactical route, and then the more technical route, sorry, uh, with players um, who may be a little less about the defensive work, a little less about the intensity, and more about having the ability to, you know, bring out that that perfect 30-yard curling ball. Um, or whether he's realised that we maybe need to, you know, uh, match the intensity of the Premier League and, and really speed things up in our midfield, add a little more fight. I'm interested to see what route he goes down, to be honest. All right. I guess we'll have to kind of, you know, wait and see. Hopefully we make some some sort of move as, as Hopefully the game so. on. Um, did you get a chance to watch the, uh, the, the game against Norwich this weekend or were you getting ready to... Yeah, well, I've I've been coming back to uh, university, so I wasn't able to make the travel uh, up up to Carrow Road. But um, f- yeah, I, I I watched an, a large portion of the game. I managed to catch about seventy minutes in total. And um, again, it was just the same issues in recent weeks. In that, even when we went ahead, and even once our hard work had been paid off in grabbing the goal, and we thought finally we can show our defensive resilience now and gain control. And the thing that left me so annoyed is that. Puel's whole idea at Southampton is to gain control and take control of possession and ride the rest of the game out, say, when we do get a winning position and and really take a grip of everything. And yet still, we managed to throw away our lead at Norwich and in, in such a poor fashion, too, for the goal. Naismith's goal just shouldn't be happening. Simple, simple stuff. And this is the worst thing. I, I, I hate seeing simple defensive mistakes like that. Um, and it's, it's worrying because it's completely against what, Puel's ideas in football are so for me that's a, a little worrying aspect of that game I, a, a really poor one but then again you look across at the board and the Premier League sides and how they fared I mean Bournemouth lost 3-0 uh, Stoke them, uh, West Brom themselves lost as well and I mean Arsenal were given some real troubles uh, with Preston as well and I guess it's the FA Cup and the Cup occasion but that would be looking a little too generalised and I feel that that would be overlooking the cracks that are right in front of us um, and and from what I saw in that game, it was the same issues again, and I, I can't just brush that off as a bit of FA Cup magic. In all honesty, I hundred percent agree with you. And and once again, I think that 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 lack of defensive solidity, uh, you know, Naismith open in the box, you know, clear header, uh, yeah, late in stoppage time. That that shouldn't that in no way should that happen. No, definitely. Um, and, and the first goal, you know. Uh, young goalkeeper mistake things happen that's i mean he's gonna have to learn how to how to deal with that situation but i, I couldn't really get upset about that but then once we went ahead two one you kind of think that we're gonna see it out and then yeah oh it's definitely the moment i saw that's the score line there i thought right that well that's that's that we have to keep this this is big for Puel. we need that win there and we just have to ride this out for the rest of the game it's conceded so late on in such a stupid stupid fashion as well makes it it twice as frustrating as, uh, and the worst thing is, is many of our fans just weren't surprised in that moment. It just seemed that that's the way it would go, even though we thought, no, surely not, surely not against Norwich. But regardless, it happened. <laughs> um, you know, re- reading around on Twitter, it seems, and maybe it's just the the, the dark corner of Twitter that I in- inhabit, that that people are pretty kind of upset. The, the mood's pretty dire when looking at at the club. Do you would you agree with that, or would you say that's just you know? an aberration based on you know just what i'm seeing or or how what, what, what the other southampton fans that you talk to what do you what do you how do they feel about things right now are they the fans that i've been speaking to can be quite rational um in the sense that they understand that pro has got his ideas and maybe we haven't got the right players to be carrying out the ideas that he wants to so maybe he does deserve a longer time um 
And there have been many positive signs, and I know lots of fans are still remembering those. We're not, you know, you can't um, in, enjoy the good times from a couple, you know, few games ago. Enjoy the, the games against the big teams, and then decide to completely rule those out when looking at the bad sides. The same way that you can't completely rule out the bad sides when you're in the good form. You've got to take a bit of both and think rationally. Um, but at the same time, I can also understand why some fans would be really negative at the moment. Um, because it is a little worrying, I guess. And it's mainly to do with the, the personnel in the club and the players that we haven't quite got. I feel like we're really needing that injection of uh, money this window. Um, we're most certainly, for me, needing that, that forward. And I feel like that will change the feeling of a lot of fans. And I feel like it will give the, the squad a real boost as well. Because they're not stupid. They know what we need. Um, and I imagine it's really hard for a player being in a team where you know that you just, no matter how hard you're working, you need a new player. You need a new striker in that team. Um, and that must be a really hard thing to to play in a side when you can tell that there's such a big issue and you'd need a player to either step up tremendously or uh, for a new player to come in. Um, and that's a weird situation for a player to be in. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't imagine being one of the guys up front trying to score goals and just everybody going, you know, thanks, but we're going to have to replace you at some point. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. So... Uh, if if we can kind of moving on to uh, the big game on on Wednesday here the the League Cup semifinal, uh, yeah. we're hosting the first leg. Uh, what mm-hmm. what do you expect us to do? Uh, what, what what do you expect the squad to look like as uh, for, from Puel for that day? Well, I think Puel's going to have to go for a strongest possible team. Um, there's no other way around that. I think Puel knows that really going out in a bad fashion in this game, if we were on the end of a, an absolute battering or on the end of a, a Liverpool dominating us, I think Puel's going to know that he's, he's, he's really on borrowed time um, because at the moment, this has been arguably the biggest backup point for Puel um, for him still being the right man here for, for a lot of fans um, and that they're, they're not happy with the football. Uh, they don't think the results have been good enough and that the semi-finals, the one thing that they're clinging on to and we need to go out there and put in a good performance uh, against Liverpool. Um, there's no way that we can roll over. There's no, that Puel cannot afford for that to happen. Uh, anything gutless uh, in the performance at Liverpool. Um, and I'd worry for what the board might be thinking over Puel because we can't. We need to take this opportunity to the best we can. Absolutely. Um, if you want to run through the squad, what, what do you think? What, what do you think he'll roll out for us uh, on, on Wednesday? I'd hope for Forster, uh, Bertrand, Font, Van Dyke, Cedric, Romeu. Um, and then I'd also hope for Davis. Uh, I would maybe look to Ward Prowse because I think set pieces um, should be a very important factor in that game. Uh, Davis for his intensity. Um, obviously, the foul's out injured. Um, so I'd love to see a return of Tadic to the lineup. Uh, then I would put Redmond because I feel Redmond can put in a game against uh, bigger sides. Um, sides that are going to look to to put on pressure. I, we want someone getting in between the pockets. And uh, whilst Redman hasn't done that on many occasions this year, we've just got to hope that it's going to be that day. Um, we've just got to hope that you can turn up on on that particular game. Um, and then it's all deciding between between Shane Long or Jay Rodriguez. Um, and I, I feel maybe Jay Jay would just nip it for me, just off of the the Bournemouth game. Um, and his general play has been quite nice for link up play. Um, so maybe you can look to get Redmond into the game because Shane obviously is not only has he hardly been scoring, but his, his general play has been woeful in, in many occasions too. So I'd go, I'd go Jay Rodriguez up top. 
Uh, I, I think you're correct. I think uh, Long, sometimes it seems that he serves better if we know we're just going to be kind of hemmed in and, and just launch it and let him chase. But Yeah, yeah, definitely. He needs a simplistic game plan. Yeah, and hopefully uh, – I saw him. He was he played on the left not too many games not too long ago, and it didn't – I mean, he didn't look comfortable when he was moved out there. And so hopefully, oh, hopefully, mm. you know, uh, Redmond comes in and Redmond and Rodriguez can play with one another. Um, I think the only thing – I, I like Davis in the lineup. I think he he brings something that we we need, um, and then I I think on, on, off the bench maybe you might see Hoiberg come on late if uh, yeah you know for one reason or another. But I think I think that is you know undoubtedly that's what we have to do to to have a shot against Liverpool. You know they they played yesterday uh, or you know Sunday, and I mean their game was pretty dire zero zero. But they made ten changes to their lineup, and and I just read that that Klopp's going to roll out the strongest possible side. Oh, on, he's on. going to—he wants that final. He definitely does, most definitely. He wants to break his personal curse as well, because I know he's got a bit of a uh, bad run in finals now. Klopp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I can say that when they brought on, they made some changes about seventy-five minutes in, and they had uh, Sturridge and Firmino and Lallana all on, and they—I don't think they quite had time to get into the game in fifteen minutes, but they the team definitely looked stronger with them in it. Mm. And, and I can't imagine that it's, it's going to be a, a tough game, uh, a tough two legs, but hopefully, um, hopefully we can keep the score down, you know? Oh, hopefully so. Hopefully so. I mean, a win, a win at home would be a huge result. Um, it would give Puel that extra confidence. It would give the squad confidence. Puel would have the extra time. Um, and it, really we, we need a result. This is the home leg as well. We really need a result. Absolutely. Uh, you have a, a, a any kind of prediction for for the game? What do you what do you think it'll it'll how it'll wind up? I'm I'm scared, but for some reason, it, I mean, it's it's a cup game. Sometimes things just go absolutely out of the window. Um, form can be forgotten about. Players in, in a bad run, it can just blow out the window um, in a cup game, and especially in an occasion like this with Saints Liverpool. Um, our games are always interesting. Something's always happening. They're always exciting. So I can't rule out a Saints win. I, I, maybe I, I see both teams scoring. Um, and as much, I, I, I'll i go for a one-all home leg. Okay. I'll go for one-all right. with a home leg. I'm scared to say it, but I, I think, I hope you're right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm kind of feeling like it's going to be 2-1 Liverpool maybe, but I'm going yeah. to hope for the 1-1. Mm. Um, and hopefully somebody besides our central defenders score. So <laughs> That would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then, real quick, I guess uh, we go to Burnley this weekend up to Turf Moor, and I read that we haven't won there. Uh, I think the last time we won there was when we were both in the championship. Mm. Um, but looking at their where they're at at the table, they're they sit below us, but only by a point. Mm-hmm. Um, they they don't seem to be on a great run. They lost their last one two one against, but it's against Manchester City. Yeah. Um, so you think we have? Uh, you think we'd be pretty evenly matched going into that one, or you think we're going to be uh, a bit tired after playing three games in seven days again? Well, we're going to. We're most certainly going to be tired, but I, I'm again quite worried for that one because Burnley are going to be very happy just to sit back and pick up a point against us. They'll see us as a team that will play into their hands because Burnley like to sit deep and soak, um, and Saints, as under Puel, like to try and maintain possession. They're going to be happy to let that happen because they know we haven't got that, that incredibly high intensity. So Burnley will just look to hit us on the break, wait for that right moment to intercept that pass. Um, and 
I feel like that would be a really difficult game. And whilst lots of fans will look at it as just against Burnley, it's a must win. And yeah, we really should be winning that one. It's a game that plays quite nicely into Burnley's hands. Um, and that, that's going to be a really tough test, that game, simply because of the tactics, not necessarily the players, but the way that both teams are going to approach it, it's going to make it a, a very difficult game. Yeah, uh, I... I'm a little worried because it seems like when teams do sit back, once they have a lead or we're, we're kind of controlling mm. the, the possession, we, we lack that, that ability to make oh, yeah, the to final pass, to get, to get mm. a clear shot. And, and uh, you know, it, mm. that is frustrating. I think fans start to see that. And then, you know, ball gets passed, you know, 15 times. And then it goes back to the, back to the central defenders, back to the goalkeeper. And then everybody's kind of like, you know, what, oh, what yeah. are we and that plays into on? Burnley's so, hands. I mean, that's what Burnley will want to see. They will. They're going to be delighted if their defensive line's there and we're passing around it between our centre backs and keeper. That's exactly where Burnley want us, um, and that's what I worry. If they get one nice early little break and they go one nil up, um, they're they're going to be so happy just to sit in their own half there and just fight for their lives. I mean, it's not looking good. <laughs> not looking good. Well, uh, you have anything else that you would uh, like to talk about? I kind of run through my notes here, and I'm. I'm... Was trying not to take no, too much no, of your I'm, time. No, no, I'm, I'm all good. I've covered everything. I think. Well, uh, uh, once again, I'd like to thank you for for joining the the podcast, and hopefully, you know, this this continues, and maybe later on down the road, you can uh, you can come back. Not a problem. It's been been an absolute pleasure. All right, uh, and so once again, we have to thank Mr. Aiden Small. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter at Mr. Aiden Small or at Fresh Saints, and you can also check out uh, FreshSaints.com. Hopefully, uh, next time we talk, we'll be on a a, a bit in a bit of better form and, and you know, we can enjoy ourselves a little bit. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Cheers, Matthew. Cheers. Bye-bye. And thank you once again, Aiden, for joining us on the Southampton delivery podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton football club and all of the SFC fans. I especially want to thank Aiden personally for putting up with someone who obviously couldn't keep up with uh, the football analysis and, and talk. I felt like I learned a lot in that interview, and I appreciate him putting up with uh, with me. Uh, I feel like the tag-along little brother just a little bit. If you want to learn some more from Aiden, you can check him out at freshsaints.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Mr. Aiden Small or at Fresh Saints. And that's pretty much it for this show. We will be back next week with another interview. So far, we have Andrew Walker, uh, formerly of the Saints podcast, lined up. And we hope to be able to talk to him about a lead over Liverpool in the League Cup semifinal and also maybe three points picked up against Burnley up at Turf Moor. So wherever you are and however you may be listening, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at SFC Delivery. That's at SFC, D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y. If you have questions for the show, uh, submit them to us using the hashtag SFC Dell. And last but not least, our artwork is done by Matt at the We Are Southampton Instagram page. So be sure to check him out. That is We Are Southampton on Instagram. So thank you very much. And until next time, remember that together we march on. <laughs>